You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, Frankie bringing us in for the third hour of Wake Up Tucson. 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. It's our 43rd annual Blizzard show. Who knew? Right, uh, but you guys are sending me in all these cool pictures from all over Tucson now that the sun's coming up and you get to see it. Uh, Matt and I will see it in a little bit being trapped in the studios here, but you guys are uh, giving us a good cross section of across Tucson. I will definitely go play in the snow right after the show. It's happening. So, good morning to Scott Tilly from uh, Track T R A K, and you wanted to follow along at tracktucson.org. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning. Well, I haven't seen you in a while, so welcome back. Thank you. Thank uh, you. It's great being here. Chelsea was on last year, and yeah. uh, she had a baby, and so uh, I got you instead. So hey, you're not yeah. as nice as Chelsea. She's a very I'm, nice lady. I'm, I'm not as good looking as Chelsea <laughs> either. So. Uh, tell folks, uh, what does track stand for, and what are you guys, for the newbies that don't know, may not be familiar? Uh, track stands for Therapeutic Ranch for Animals and Kids. Um, we strengthen the Tucson community through our animal interactions. Um, we've... We're a local nonprofit that has been impacting the Tucson community over 15 years. Um, we partner with uh, a variety of assisted living homes, uh, TMC Children's Clinic. Uh, we were the Angel Charities beneficiary in 2019 for our Animal Assisted Life Skills Program. Nice. Shout out to those ladies. Um, we we do riding lessons, we do birthday parties, uh, we do traveling, petting zoos, field trips, um, a lot of impact in the Tucson community. Uh, what kind of animals do, are you, are you uh, interact having folks interact with? We've got a, we've got about seventy five animals on the ranch, uh, ranging anywhere from we've got rabbits, chickens, ducks, uh, goats. Donkeys, miniature donkeys, miniature horses, full-size horses, pigs. Um, we just got some baby goats. We've had them out at the Tucson Gem Show oh, uh, nice. recently, and uh, we did a fundraiser out there. We raised $10,000 out there uh, with our baby goats and McCall and company. Uh, she has a giant nine-foot-tall geode. Um, that she allows us to come raise money in a photo booth out there. Um, great organization, great lady as well. And uh, any ranch dogs at that? Ranch yeah. dogs, we do have dogs, but unfortunately our insurances have have really uh, kind of put a, a a halt on on dogs at the ranches. We do have a service animal dog that we're working on. Okay. Um, we... We lost our St. Bernard last year. Oh, that's uh, horrible. He was our main service animal, um, but we are working on another one at the moment. Every ranch should have a ranch dog. That's just my my belief in life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so um, one of the reasons uh, you're here, and not just to explain what you do, but we definitely you're, you qualify under the Arizona Charitable Tax Credit under the education so a couple can actually donate eight hundred dollars and remember i think we've taught you well wakey's over the years that that is not a deduction that is if you owe the state of arizona a thousand dollars in your taxes and you write eight hundred dollars as a couple to track what happens is they just take the eight hundred bucks off of your tax bill from the state of arizona so 
Uh, for you people with horrible math skills, that means you would still owe 200, just to let you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so supporting you guys through tax credits and beyond, right? What Talk about the lives that are changed because of this interaction between human and animal. Well, our fellow animal. <laughs> well, I, I'd have to say it, it just it goes all the way around with our youth these days. Um, you know, their their influence with technology and the telephone is really um, it's really lacking them in just problem solving skills, common sense. Um, just attention, being able attention to span. attention span, <laughs> being able to look someone in the eye and greet them, speak with them. Um, you know, I, I, I see it at the ranch every day. Uh, you know, families coming in, kind of just struggling uh, to communicate, struggling to be a family unit. And they come in, they start volunteering, they get involved with the program. The child makes an attachment to an animal, yep. and then the responsibility comes then that what we call our animal assisted life skills come because they they have compassion for an animal they become responsible they want to feed it they want to clean it uh, they want to walk it they want to exercise it um, and then that kind of graduates into our larger animals where um, you know we've got 30 phenomenal horses I'd, I'd probably say we have the best horses in the world um, teaching kids in in a very safe manner um, we've got a beautiful facility. I've got a 62-foot covered round pen with a misting system and a big fan. We do summer camps and spring break camps. Uh, we've got a spring break camp coming up uh, for TUSD's spring break. Uh, oh, very cool. Um, so there's just so so many ways that the ranch changes lives from, you know, from the parents that come. They'll say, Scott, I don't. I don't understand it. How how do you get them to come and scoop your horse's poop? <laughs> and I can barely get them to pick up their dirty laundry and make it to the hamper. Yep. But, you know, the first day of summer, we, we have like a volunteer program where all of these young kids can come and help out on the ranch and stuff. You know, the first day of summer, we do summer camps too. We do 10 weeks of summer camp. And at 6 o'clock in the morning, they could be sleeping in <laughs> on their phone but i'll have 15 of those kids lined up at my gate chomping at the bit to get in that's amazing so um and then i take these kids um who really you know cultivate the track magic is what we like to call it um and we take these kids out to um assisted living homes memory care facilities uh tmc children's clinic where they get to be the animal handler in the service visit. Sure. Um, so it's it's really a win 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 for everyone. What's a uh, give me a um, give me a recent? Th- there's lots of stories that the track magic uh, changing lives. Give me give me a more dramatic one. There's th- everyone gets touched in a different way. Give me give me a, give me a good dramatic one uh, <laughs> that that just it's right at the top of your head. Well, right off the top of my head, I would say I have. If I a, make you cry, I apologize. Uh, yeah, you're probably going to get me <laughs> a little bit tear jerky today. I'm with you, buddy. Um, I have a I have a young man. Um, he has autism, um, and you know, at when they turn 18, a lot of the services drop off for these people, and 
you know, even for kids that don't have autism at 18, are they really ready to go out in the world and, and be on their own and, probably and do not. stuff? So this young man, um, mother and father have exhausted every avenue, every specialist have, have gone, you know, to the earth's ends for this child. Um, have literally tried everything, every specialist in the world. And he, she heard about our program from our community director who has passed away, Melinda Sharma. We also have a memorial set up for her uh, on, our, on our website. Um, but this young man, he um, comes from California uh, every six weeks. And he he uh, started coming to me very nonverbal, um, uh, you know, would flap and all of the, you know, all of the characteristics of someone with severe autism has. We got him in, and, and quite frankly, mom didn't even think that this was going to work. He was terrified of dogs and this is when i had my my service saint bernard bubba oh what a name um so within the first trip that he came um it was amazing it was uh, the miracles just started unfolding speech he started to speak we got him on a horse wow and you know at a at an iq that's under 60 testing um after a few visits i've got him on a horse taking direction uh speaking small sentences now that's a um beautiful we are just making leaps and bounds of progress with this young man um it really really makes a difference when Parents of these young people have just basically poured their whole life into this. But you know what? No one has ever asked them how we can help them. And at Track Ranch, that's what we do. Well, again, connecting these animals with these with these kids, right, and changing lives. You have the, I can't believe I'm going to say this, you have a track record, <laughs> right, right, of this kind of track magic really changing lives and kudos to you and the crew for keeping it alive and growing it and making it kind of a world-class thing for lots of kids you it, know it's been an amazing 15 years um i'm i'm so very proud of what we do and and where we've come from the beginnings now uh we gotta get to the business side of things people uh feed doesn't is not cheap out there kids all right and you've heard it from Mark at the at the track. We've heard it from Filippo, my brother Joe, people involved in horses. The price of feed have pretty much doubled in 12 months. And so if you want to keep these, they're, they're, the, the practical side of this is this, this crew needs money uh, to feed animals and keep this place going. So I really encourage you, tracktucson.org, donate now, donate early and often, as they say. And at the same time, if you haven't taken advantage of your Arizona charitable tax credit, uh, 
by you have till April 15th to do such things. It's 400 per individual, 800 per couple filing. It's a straight four to 800 bucks right off your tax bill. Yeah, so. it is dollar for dollar. It's not a percentage. A lot of people are confused by that too. And yep. really, uh, only 7% of Arizonans take advantage of these tax credits. So, you know, just uh, for you guys to allow us to come on the radio and, and just create more awareness. Um, we really appreciate that. We love what you do. The Wakeys are a very generous group of people. They keep showing up. No matter how crappy the world is, coronavirus, lockdowns, inflation, anything, the Wakeys come through. So they're amazing, and you guys are doing amazing work. So Well, appreciate appreciate you and appreciate all of your listeners. Um, the one thing we, we want all of your listeners to know is our kids are definitely on track. Awesome. All right. Go to track, T-R-A-K, T-R-A-K, Tucson.org, and uh, you can go to the page that says uh, you'll see support track, and then the first uh, drop-down item is AZ tax credit, and that'll help you get there. So, Scott, keep up the good work, buddy. Thank you so much. All right, my friend. TrackTucson.org. Give early and give often, as we say. Like voting in Chicago. Vote early and vote often. So you're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. Oh, there we go. Be doing the safety dance out on the roads this morning. Some of us are. (laughs) Some people are doing the asphalt tango, I think. So good catching up with Scott uh, from um, Track. So good work. We're horse people in this place anyway. So my first exposure to track was when you did the marathon uh, thing with the uh, Bits Business Association of Tucson. Oh, that's right. And you interviewed everybody, and I went walking in, and I know one of his board members, Ron, and I went walking in, and I hear this Matt, and I look over, and there's this pen full of animals in the parking lot, (laughs) a petting zoo set up in the parking lot, and it was really cool. And so that was my first exposure to track. Now, did I hear you do a? Uh, I know you you have inside connections with the Angel Charities of Tucson. Yes, sir. I heard you might be sleeping with somebody over there. Is that true? That's <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you know, scandalous things get started. Uh, so, did they give away? Did they make announcements? Is that what happened? Yesterday, they announced uh, the the uh, impact grant goes to Steel uh, Research for genomics research. They're going to renovate a, la- a lab. And then um, they also, and I can get it in front of me here, uh, they did seven. Sorry, uh, I just dropped this on Seven you. Uh, other grants um, to uh, totaling about $285,000. And I can get the names of those organizations in front of me in just a minute. So here. Mrs. ESQ Kelly has been very involved with this angel charity thing for years, right? Yes. And uh, and she's is she now the Hanchette? So uh, next year, next, next year she'll be the chair. Incoming Hanchet. Yes. <laughs> yes <sir. laughs> and uh, one of the recipients of the, um, they're called the, um, uh, well, they're, they're the smaller grants and I can't remember the name and so I'm sorry, honey. But um, one of them <laughs> is for an organization known to Wakey's treasure, Treasures for Teachers. Ah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, Tucson Refugee Ministry. Uh, an organization called Lead Guitar that works uh, with music and children, Courtney's Courage, and uh, Assistance League of Tucson, Arizona Burn Foundation, and the Amphi Foundation. Again, uh, so so amazing to hear that uh, Adrian and the crew at Treasures for Teachers 
and Kelly met Adrian last night. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. So, uh, it's so good. The to circle hear. is complete. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. When we come back, I got some crap and some other stuff to talk about here today. All right. We're done with Lori Lightfoot. Oh, Matt, let's play our videos of uh, when we come back of uh, various people beating up Merrick Garland. So, Merrick Garland, uh, his hashtag La Pinata, El Pinato. I did not know that. Pinata X. Did I get that right? And the other thing I want to do too, I, I was thinking about this with the Daniel Asia uh, thing was a uh, discussion about wokeness and he was talking about the height of it being the summer of 20. I found a, I love Facebook memories sometimes and it had to do with uh, what Lane Santa Cruz said when it, the uh, talking about the Regina Romero recall petition. And I want to I wanna remind you of that when we come back. Racism. Wake up to something. <laughs> Mad at KVY.com. Wake up to something. Third of the voice. Local news and talk. Uh, the dulcetones of Miss uh, Karen Carpenter. Her birthday today. Uh, a couple things. Um, Juan at El Taco Rustico is looking for some front-of-the-house uh, new employees. So if you know someone who uh, would like to work in one of Tucson's best Mexican restaurants, go see Juan over at Taco Rustico. Um, again, track Tucson, T-R-A-K. Yeah, we'll start with that first one, and then we'll we'll, we'll go from there. T-R-A-K Tucson.org. Uh, we just got a very nice text message from Adrian. Uh, from Treasures for Teachers. Thanks for giving her some love on the air today. I do want to remind you, so Lane Santa Cruz, right, other than um, legal, I think legal definition, assaulting a cop during a Black Lives Matters. uh, It's the way it was described by an actual police officer. Correct, right? Uh, Because if someone would like to actually run against her, we're not doing that one yet, but I don't know if we've got time, but um, so, but this, I love, I love Facebook memories because it helps me. I, I'm pretty good at remembering things, but this one really is good, right? It's uh, Lane Santa Cruz, February 25th uh, of that year, and it's support Mayor Romero and denounce. This is the people who want who are doing the um, um, uh, re- the recall petition on Mayor Romero. Including very nice. Now, think one of the guys who worked hard on this was Val Romero. You remember Val Romero, the guy who's a TUSD school board member. Okay, so I want you to think of a very nice guy like Val and those type of people that try to try. The, the groups are always made up of different types of people, but I, I, I always think of Val because he was very active in getting this done. Support. This is Lane Santa Cruz. Uh, support Mayor Romero and denounce the reactionary forces that have aligned behind the recall effort by Pima County Trumpers. The politics of the petition. Now remember, cops, right? We would like more cops, fix roads, grow grass and parks. People who want that are, according to Lane Santa Cruz, they are... Uh, clearly anti-mask, anti-Black Lives Matter, and fundamentally white supremacist. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) So, so good. All right. Um, 
And uh, Joanne Sabad did reply to the El Jefe cat story I put on the Wake Up Facebook page. She says, I know this is utter crap. A small business owner will now be paying more than five months' rent on unusable space due to the city of Tucson's inability to provide timely service. Shocking. All right. Merrick Garland. We dodged these bullets like Geo in the first Matrix, baby. Remember when they uh, Barack wanted him as a Supreme Court nominee, and then Cocaine Mitch went, oh, oh, "Turtle, turtle, uh, we're not going to do that. It's too late for president." There's some cocaine. Now, um, so he uh, he gets up in a Senate Judiciary hearing, and Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley beat the living crap out of him yesterday. And uh, it was nice. It was nice to see. So uh, let's uh, let's listen to Ted Cruz with uh, with the Attorney General, Mister Mister Garland. So I sent hey, seventy let, United States Marshals. Let me try again. Def- and have me- you, has the Department of Justice brought even a single case under this statute? So yes, no question. It's not a g- give a speech on the other thing. Matt, you did. Can you hold on for a the second. Job of the United States Marshals. It's def- I did a horrible job setting this up. He's talking about the people uh, protesting and possible violence at Supreme Court justices' homes is what he's talking about. So, sorry. Department of Justice brought even a single case under this statute. So, yes, no question. It's not a give a speech on the other things you did. The job of the United States Marshals is to defend the lives. So of the, the answer ju- is no. Is to defend the lives of the justices, and that's our number one priority. They have. Why full- are you unwilling to say no? The answer is no. You know it's no. I know it's no. Everyone in this in this hearing room knows it's no. You're not willing to answer a question. Have you brought a case under this statute? Yes or no? As far as I know, we haven't. And what we have done is defended the lives of the justices with so over how do seventy you decide, U.S. Marshals. How do you decide which criminal statutes the the DOJ enforces and which one it doesn't? The United States Marshals know that they have full okay, you, I recognize you want to give a separate speech. No, I don't want to How give a... do you decide which statutes you enforce <laughs> and which ones you don't? The marshals on scene make that determination in light of the priority of defense. The marshals do not make a determination over whether to prosecute you. The attorney general make a determination, and you spent 20 years as a judge, and you're perfectly content with justices being afraid for their children's lives. And you did nothing to prosecute it. Let's shift that, to another is, area. Can I answer the question? You, no, the, you the cannot. General, you have refused to answer the I question. I am answering your question. The how Attorney you General choose, does not decide whether to arrest. How did you choose not to, not to enforce this statute? The marshals on scene. Marshals don't make that decision. They do make the decision of whether to make to an prosecute arrest. prosecute someone? No, they don't. If they make a... Uh, if they make marshals an, do not if, have prosecution. If they make an arrest, right, then it goes to the marshals. Let's change topics because our, our time is limited. All right, let's go to the next one. <laughs> Just... You'll scroll down. You'll, it'll come right there. This is uh, Josh Hawley uh, talking about uh, uh, Merrick Garland and uh, Catholics. Attorney General Garland, let, let me just ask you, d- does your department have a problem with anti-Catholic bias? And, uh, our department um, is, uh, 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 protects all religions um, and all ideologies. It does See, yes, no question, buddy. Uh, say a bias against any religion of any kind. <laughs> well, you could have surprised me because given the resources that you are expending and the apparently intelligence assets that you are deploying against Catholics, it appears, and other people of faith while simultaneously turning a blind eye while people are executed gang style in the streets of our cities, including in my home state, 
Your answer, frankly, surprises me. Let's talk about the Mark Houck case, for example. You've been asked about this already today, and frankly, your answers really astound me. This is a case where a Catholic pro-life demonstrator, father, was accused of disorderly conduct in front of an abortion center. The local prosecutor, the Philadelphia district attorney, who is a Democrat, a liberal, very progressive, declined to prosecute. There was a private suit that got dismissed. And then after all of that, your Justice Department sent between 20 and 30 armed agents in the early morning hours to the Houck's private residence to arrest this guy after he had offered to turn himself in voluntarily. Here's the photo. Once again, you can see the long guns. You can see the ballistic shields. You can see that they're wearing bulletproof vests. Why did the Justice Department do this? Why did you send 20 to 30 SWAT-style agents and a SWAT-style team to this guy's house when everybody else had declined to prosecute and he'd offered to turn himself in? Determinations of how to make arrests under arrest warrants are made based uh, by the tactical operators um, in the uh, district. They are not but you surely looked into it by this point, right? You, you know the answer. Surely. They, Don't call me Shirley. Is what uh, the FBI has said, which is that they made decisions on the ground as to what was safest and easiest. So you do not agree with your description of what happened on the scene. You don't agree with my description. I'm pointing out what the photo is. There are agents here who have long guns and ballistic shields. Let's take a look at the hardened criminals that your Justice Department sent these armed agents to go picture. terrorize on that morning. Here they are. Here they are at mass. Here's the seven children with Mr. Houck and his wife. In this early morning, they were all at home. Mrs. Houck has said repeatedly the children were screaming. They feared for their lives. You've got these agents demanding that he come out. They've got the gun, she said, pointing at the house and at them. He has offered to turn himself in. And this is who you go to terrorize. What's really interesting to me is this seems to directly contradict your own memorandum about the use of force at the Justice Department. You say officers may use only the force that is objectively reasonable to effectively control an incident. Are you telling me that in your opinion as Attorney General, it was objectively necessary to use 20 or 30 SWAT-style agents with long guns and ballistic shields for these people? What I'm saying is that decisions about how to go about this were made on the ground by FBI agents. So you're saying you don't know? I'm, I'm saying what I just said. Which is that you're abdicating responsibility? I'm not abdicating responsibility. Then give me the answer. Is Do you think in your opinion, you are the Attorney General of the United States. You are in charge of the Justice Department. And yes, sir, you are responsible. The so F give me an answer. The FBI does not agree with your description. I'm not asking about the FBI. You are the Attorney General. Give me your answer. Do you think that it was objectively reasonable and they followed your guidelines in sending 20 to 30 armed agents to terrorize these people? Yes or no? The facts I have, which are those presented by the FBI, are not consistent with your description. So you think it was reasonable? I'm saying the facts are not as you describe. What, that the children weren't there? That there, wasn't, that there weren't long guns there? That there weren't agents? What, wasn't, what, what do you dispute? What's the factual premise you dispute? FBI Be specific. said they don't agree with your description of... Be um, specific. They don't agree with what? Of, 
of how many agents, of the agents who were there, and of what their roles were. They don't agree. Do you know the jury in this case acquitted Mr. Houck? I'm sure you're aware. Do you know how long it took him? I, I am aware, and we respect the decision of the jury. Do you know how long it took him? I don't know. One hour. One hour. Philadelphia District Attorney declines to prosecute. The private suit's dismissed. You use an unbelievable show of force with guns that I just note liberals usually decry. We're supposed to hate long, long guns and assault-style weapons. You're happy to deploy them against Catholics and innocent children. Happy to. Zinger. And then you haul him into court and a jury acquits him in one hour. I just suggest to you that that is a disgraceful performance by your Justice Department and a disgraceful use of resources. I notice a pattern, though. The FBI field office in Richmond on the 23rd of January of this year issued a memorandum in which they advocated for, and I quote, the exploration of new avenues for tripwire and source development against traditionalist Catholics, it's their, their language, including those who favor the Latin mass. <laughs> Attorney General, are you cultivating sources and spies in Latin mass parishes and other Catholic parishes around the country? Well, the Justice Department does not do that. Who knew we were going to hear that not, today? Um, um, do investigations based on religion. I saw the document you have. What did you do about appalling. it? It's appalling. I'm in complete agreement with you. I understand that the FBI has withdrawn it, and it's now looking into how this could ever have happened. How did it happen? That's what they're looking into. But I'm totally in agreement with you. That document is appalling. I'll tell you how it happened. The... This memorandum, which is supposed to be intelligent, cites extensively the Southern Poverty Law Center, which goes on to identify <laughs> all of these different Catholics as being part of hate groups. Is, is this how the FBI, under your direction and leadership, is, is this how they do their intelligence work? They look, they look at left-wing advocacy groups to target Catholics? Is this what's going on? I mean, clearly it is. How is this happening? The FBI is not targeting Catholics, and, and as I've said, this is... an uh, an inappropriate memorandum, and it doesn't reflect the methods that the FBI is supposed to be using, should not be relying on any single organization without doing its own work. Let me just ask you, as my time expires here, a very direct question. How, how many informants do you have in Catholic churches across America? I don't know, and I don't believe we have any informants aimed at Catholic churches. We have a rule against uh, investigations based on First Amendment um, activity, and uh, uh, Catholic churches are obviously uh, First Amendment activity. Well, but I don't know the specific answer to you, you don't know the specifics of anything, it seems, but apparently on your watch, this Justice Department is targeting Catholics, targeting people of faith, specifically for their faith views. And Mr. Attorney General, I'll just say to you, it's a disgrace. All right, so let's do this. Um, the one thing that was interesting, Merrick says that... Um it's against policy to do investigations based on First Amendment issues. Really? <laughs> Does it feel like the FBI is the biggest supporter of free speech in America in the last four years? Not hitting me that way. So what I want to do when I come back, <clears throat> I want to take this and take what I was talking about with Congressman Schweikert in the second hour, which is <clears throat> how do you leverage this type of situation for the future, right? Because this will all occur in a, in a vacuum and go away very soon.
So it's important what's going on here, and I'm sure there's people who lean to the left on this going, why is Hawley such a grandstander, hot dogger, you know, and all this stuff, right? It's important. And I'll explain why when we come back in the fourth segment of Wake Up Tucson. Uh, tomorrow, big day, uh, racetrack day with the kids from the U of A. Filthy Pirate Coffee, Dan Spencer will be here in person, and Ben from Divine Bovine, possibly one of the greatest Food Friday guests in the history of Wake Up Tucson. So, stretchy pants, Matt. Stretchy, not your tight stretchy pants. More like your jo- your old jogging sweats from the from the 90s. We're not tight pants people. Said <laughs> <laughs> to by Kevin Meany. <laughs> Wake up, Tucson. Ten-third of the voice, local news and talk. Oh, there we go. Thank God. Greatest band. Well, one of the greatest bands in the world. Made up of some of the greatest people in the world, as we like to say. So, hey, um, we were just... Made up from people from the greatest band in the world. <laughs> I, I said it for you. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to take... I got to... I gotta, now that Matt's... Now, I, these, I, there, there are certain playlists I need to make for Matt. It'll be his next journey... I got to send you the, uh, you ever watch Venture Brothers? It's the one that makes fun of Johnny Quest on the, um, you, actually, you have to start watching Venture Brothers. It'll, oh, cha- it'll change your life. Where, where would I find Venture Brothers? Are you an HBO Max subscriber? No. All right, you're screwed, but we'll figure it out. There's a great scene where the dad uh, wants to teach the kid about progressive rock. Right? Okay. And so what happens is he starts. I see the attraction. He starts him on yes, Right. And what, but, but what he goes is uh, he originally picks up the one that looks like the original um, Court of the Crimson King from uh, Crimson, right? And he goes, you're not ready for that yet, Dean. You're not ready for that. So um, so we were just talking about, or oh, we just, Matt just played these uh, Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz beating up uh, old Merrick Garland. How you doing, old Merrick? And what was great about it is um, that... As David said, right, you're getting this stuff on the record, right? You're getting this stuff on the record that they're saying this in these official hearings. But what needs to happen, and this is where the disconnect is, right? There's no one on the marketing side. Well, first of all, the Republican Party doesn't know how to market its way out of the bag on a national level, right? They're just, I mean, how many how many of these uh, these consultants have we seen ruin campaigns, right? Um, but there needs, this is, this is how it should work, right? Is you have the guys and girls in the Senate and the house at these hearings, right? And there's all these moments to nail these, uh, Democrat operative kind of folks, right? I mean, Mayorkas, wait till we, and you gotta get Fauci. I mean, you gotta get Fauci and Burks and look, Burks has already turned on the rest of them to sell books. I mean, if there's someone willing to get out there and just gr- grill and grind down Fauci, it's got to be Burks. I bet Redfield would would uh, break a little too, right? And then what you need to do is you need to turn this into marketing material for to not just not just for election season, but leading into election season. But we don't do that, right? Like I've always said to people here in Tucson, if you want to start changing it, you got you got to be marketing on how bad the Democrats are twelve months a year. Right, we should have at least four billboards in this town that literally say Rahina Romero, Steve Kazachik are responsible for why your t- why why your streets have fentanyl foil all over the place. Right, I mean that's 
They're, they're, we we have a disconnect between the what these these moments like Holly and Cruz go, uh, pounding on Merrick Garland. You got to stop picking up the phone. I think Matt um, picking up Merrick Garland, right? And how do you translate that into marketing effect? And that's and that's what we we haven't figured that out yet, right? And everything is relation to well, we and we'll, and we'll wait until election season. We should be that message needs to be pounded out every month of every year. Just where we're at. All right. Well, thanks to everyone for um, a wonderful, wonderful show. As uh, my in my Lawrence Welk, wonderful, just wonderful. Uh, we had U.S. Congressman David Schweikert. Great discussion with uh, the sports director today about. Pac-12 streaming, but then we also talked about the University of Arizona basketball team on how if they don't play D, it's going to be a long, 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 long couple of games coming up. Got to play D. You can't give up 88 points to ASU. Yeah. You usually give up 71 a year, but when you give up 17 extra, then you're average to the scum devils. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. Correct. All right. Uh, And then remember we have... um, tomorrow um well it's gonna be a fun weekend right so you got festival of books right uh tucson's one of tucson's unholy patron saints uh bernie sanders is gonna be here this weekend read a racetrack's happening there's so much really cool stuff that's happening today hey matt this is with the um book festival this year coming up this weekend does that mean the u of a spring break is next week is that the way they're like feels like a week early i think spring break's next week I guess I don't know. I, I should. I don't, don't. I do not know that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt and I listened to a podcast called Fly on the Wall. Oh, my goodness. And I went back and listened to Robert Smigel again. That's an amazing hour and 20 minutes. Guys, I don't know if I've heard that one. I think I did. But It'll change your life. Yeah, I, I'm a huge Smigel fan. I was just listening to Chris Kattan. He sounds like he's had a rough life, but... It was funny. That was that was a funny hour and a half. It was. It and was. then the Marcy Klein one. So that's good, good for some inside baseball and how it works. That was some great stories there. And uh, so after you've listened to Wake Up Tucson and other KVOI shows on your podcast feed, definitely give them a listen. Fly on the wall. David Spade and Dana Carvey. It's very funny. All right. Tomorrow uh, we'll be here with Dan Spencer, the Filthy Pirate. Caffeine. Then followed by Ben Ryan from Divine Bovine, Sean McCluskey, Rincon Ventures, and the kids from the University of Arizona Racetrack Program. Wake up, Tucson. 10-3rd of the Voice, local news and talk.